and welcome to this week's episode of Adventures in Contracting. I am your host, Leona Charles, the CEO and president of SBC Business Consulting, where we do all things government contracting. Uh, today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about the CMMC requirements, some updates on what's going on and kind of where we are at this point in time and what we can expect in the future. But before I do that, some general housekeeping. If you just want to reach out, give some comments, um, some t- uh, even some episode topics, or maybe even some questions, you can reach out to us on Twitter at contracting underscore in Facebook. You can do adventures in contracting or SP- SBC consulting, LinkedIn adventures in contracting, or you can visit our webpage at uh, spcconsulting.org. You can see various various episodes and you can also reach out to me directly there on our contact us page. So the CMMC requirements. So we know that the rule, well, the final rule came out in December of 2020, but we knew a, a couple of, a couple of months prior to that, or at least a year prior to that, that the CMMC was coming. There was a whole bunch of controversy around it. What what was it going to look like? What was it going to actually entail? And who was going to enforce it? You know, so the third party formed, you have the CMMC accreditation body. Um, they call it the CMMCAB. And they are a uh, neutral third party, I think as neutral as you can be when you're charging for a service. But they are uh, supposed to be a neutral third party that is actively engaging assessors, uh, CP3Os, and, you know, uh, trainers to go out there and help businesses get ready to pass a certification. Because starting in 2020, they started inserting this clause into contracts. So it's no longer in the realm of imagination. It's real life. It's touching things that we work with and, and ways that we make revenue. So these clauses are now in the first contracts that to require level two CMMC certification are going to take place in um, Navy contracts, Air Force contracts, and um, missile defense agency, right? So in the Navy, the contracts are going to be affected by the CMMC level two requirements clause are going to be the integrated common processor, the uh, FA, the FA 18 EF full mod of the S bar and shutoff valve and the DDG 51 lead yard services and the follow yard services in the air force. The effective contracts are going to be the mobility air force tactical data link contract, the consolidated broadband global area network follow on the Azure cloud integration and in the Missile Defense Agency, the contract that there's only one contract that's going to be affected. And this one is the Technical Advisory and Assistance contract. So if you have, or if you've been under a rock or if you've been actively avoiding CMMC, which is understandable, um, basically what it is, it is a new approach to third party, which expands upon this in the way that it's going to require you to have these safety requirements. But in addition to requiring you to have them in place, it's going to actually require you to to be able to use them. And what that means is you can no longer just do a checklist and say, yes, hey, we have these things that we have in place. Should scenario A happen, then we anticipate that we would do A, B, and C. No, what CMMC is requiring is that you not only have that plan should the scenario happen, but also that you are actively implementing that plan 
on a daily basis. So that is the key difference. The key difference is that implementation element, which before we were able to kind of self-certify that, yes, we would do this. And maybe some contractors did, maybe some contractors didn't, but it was really up to us. CMMC takes that out of the contractor's hands and requires you to actually show them that you are putting these requirements into practice. You are actively auditing your system. You're actively requiring people to utilize the controls that you've put forth. So in a high level view of it in a nutshell would be you've got your model, you've got your domain. CMMC has a, a specific, I believe it's 15 uh, domains that you have to look at. Then in the domains, you have the process within the domains. And there are five levels within those processes. Then you have the capabilities and then you have the practices within those capabilities, which is where you show the government, yes, we have these capabilities and this is how we put them into use. So we're talking about the CMMC accreditation board and mind you, this has not been a smooth transition. This has not been a smooth requirement rolled out. Um, when there was a, a commenting period on the rule, I mean, it was kind of all over the field. You had a I mean, I myself had a bit of a Twitter disagreement with one of the board members um, who didn't seem to have an active grasp on on acquisitions or how the FAR helps or did not help a certain situation. So if you care to look at that, you can look at my Twitter and you can see it. You can look at SBC's Twitter. You can see all about it. But um, the issue here, I think, has been the rollout has not really been fleshed out. There's not a lot of information on the rule itself. I mean, we have these domains. We have these different uh, pro processes and practice levels. But what we don't have is a lot of information from the agencies on the practical application of it. Like what does a checklist look like? What are the minimum requirements? What are the acceptable alternatives? What are we able to use? What are we able to salvage? What are we able to add on? You know, these various things. And then what is the cost? And that's been a, a pretty big one. So, so far, CMMC is very costly for small businesses. I think for the larger guys, it's probably, it's probably easier to absorb it. But for for the smaller guys, it's it's a it's it's a bigger it's a bigger cost. So what a lot of the conversation around it has been around that cost and where they came up with these figures, and it's looking like it's going to cost between three and five thousand dollars for a very small business. That is a large amount of money, um, and it's not something that is a a general cost of business. I think for a lot of smaller businesses, it's going to be an either or situation. Like either I get this certification or I get this certification. So I, then I have to make a much larger business decision on whether or not this, this makes sense for me and my company. Um, so there is some conversation about that. One of the other things that has popped up with this is that one of their founding board members has actually left. So Regan Edens is a founding member who was chairing the standards working group. And he has, he has left the organization. Um, one of the other issues is a lack of the C3PIO assessors. There are not a lot of them. There is a list that you guys can go to and I'll put that into, into the, the comments so you can see it, but there, Given the sheer number of DOD contractors, there just are not enough assessors. And in order to get everyone assessed to at least a level two, the clock is running and and, and there hasn't been a lot of, of headway in certifying these assessors, training these assessors, and actually getting them out on the street in a meaningful way so that businesses have some place where they can say, hey, 
this is where I can go to get this done. This is what I need to do. This is how it's done. Like we don't know any of that stuff. And that's a, that's a, that's a big deterrent for this. Um, Another issue is just a clear description of what's required from contractors. Like we have these, we have this high level overview of it and it's very, everything that is put out with CMC, CMMC is very high level. Like there's really not a whole lot of granular things. And I think people that are used to NIST are kind of used to that granularity of, of this is what, what can be used in lieu of this is, you know, it's, it's good enough, but if you want to get to this level, it's not going to, it's not going to work that way. You're going to need something additional. We don't have that level of granularity with CMMC. And I think that's very frustrating, particularly to our cybersecurity contractors and our IT contractors. It's very, very uh, frustrating. And then last but not least, as I said a little bit before, cost is always an issue. You know, when, when you're a smaller business, that's, it's just, it is what it is. It's the bottom line is always an issue. And this is a big cost for us not to have a lot of information about how it's going to affect us, how long it's going to take to get certified, where we can find the assessors, where we can get information on what we can what we can substitute and what we can't substitute, um, what is an alternative an acceptable alternative. You know, this is a lot of money to not have any of those answers. So, what has happened is. There was a hearing on the Small Business Steering Committee, the House Small Business Steering Committee, and they they had a lot of testimony from small businesses that talked to them about these very issues. Um, and as a matter of fact, what has come out of it is DOD is setting up an innovation steering group that is supposedly supposed to focus on small contractors. They're also in the process of enhancing the network of PTACs to further assist small businesses in readiness and assessments and, you know, where they go from there. My assumption is that there's going to be some kind of guidance if the person doesn't or if the organization doesn't pass and and, and does not receive their, uh, their level certification. We do know that if you do not receive your level certification, that it's not going to be public knowledge that you failed. Oh my God, what's going to happen is that there there will be a public list of organizations that are certified and to what level they are certified at. But if you fail to get certification, we do know that your company is not going to then be you know put on blast and say, hey, this this company failed their certification and weren't able to get it. So. Knowing that the the DOD has had this response, the um, there was a letter sent to the National Defense Industry Association, uh, the the professional council, the professional services council sent this letter to uh, Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks, and in it they identified six suggestions uh, for the DOD, and they're pretty much I think. Anybody who has been following this for any amount of time, it makes perfect sense. It's something that you would expect to see. Uh, but I also think it's just it's rooted in, in common sense and, and kind of just good business sense. And I think hopefully we'll see a lot out of it. One of the first thing they 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 set out was to regularly engage with industry. Now, this is a good one. But I think it's going to get some pushback because, of course, you know, the government's going to say, well, that was that's what the AB is for. You know, they engage with the with industry very early on. They set up all of these, you know, these working groups. They uh, had multiple meetings, you know, and they they engaged every way they could. So and here's my issue with that. As a matter of fact, that's true. But what they didn't do was engage the people that it hurt the most. So yes, they did have all of these meetings and 
anybody who's been in in, in GovCon for uh, a decent amount of time knows that these meetings are really not, they're the place to get, I think, nuggets, but they're not really the place to get at the bottom of the issue or the root of the issue. And these particular meetings were attended by, you know, you know hundreds of people, big guys. There wasn't really a lot of representation for micro uh, entrepreneur or micro businesses for solopreneurs for uh teaming partners there wasn't a lot of information for the things that small businesses do to, in order to compete in the government space um there certainly wasn't representation for minority businesses there wasn't rep- representation for women owned businesses um there weren't there wasn't any any representation for disadvantaged businesses so the ideal that there was engagement, I think, is is that ideal is flawed and it's kind of willfully ignorant. If you if you ask me, I I attended all of the stages of those. I attended every one of those meetings, and I can tell you, um, the engagement was not meant for small business. The engagement was meant for the Lockheeds, the Raytheons, uh, the PWCs, the McKenzies, you know, the Booz Allens, that's who the engagement was meant for. It wasn't meant for SBC. It wasn't meant for, you know, smaller businesses. That's not who these meetings were geared toward. And that's frankly not who they were interested in speaking with. Um, so the next suggestion that this letter had for the DOD was to standardize and improve the marketing practices for DOD CUI requiring protection. So within this, there are two issues. One is there needs to be a standard definition for cla- for um, for CUI. So right now, you know, every everybody classifies it differently, and it, you know, it's just. It's, it's a struggle when there's not a standard definition. And if we could get a standard definition for the marking, standard definition for what constitutes um, a CUI, if we could get a standard definition across all agencies that this is just kind of the, this is what everyone accepts that it is, it would make it a lot easier. The third suggestion was to harmonize CMMC and related contractual clauses with existing and future cybersecurity directives. So I think this one is the least practical requirement. And and I'll tell you why. Because we don't know what we don't know in terms of cybersecurity. We're and we're behind the curve as a country. We're behind the curve as contractors. We just don't know. And I think to try to codify something in a way that it encompasses future iterations of it, I think is is unfair for the government. And it's but it's also unfair for contractors because we just we don't know what's going to be an issue until we see it, unfortunately. So I think this is probably the least realistic um recommendation that they had. Um what I do like about it is having it complement current cybersecurity clauses. I think that's fair and I think that's reasonable. I just don't think having trying to force it to be intuitive to future cybersecurity needs is is a way to go. The next thing that was suggested was to clarify intergovernmental authorities for implementing CMMC and related cybersecurity requirements. And I think this is great because basically it's telling them, tell us who's running this, right? Tell us who we talk to if we're denied a level. Uh, Tell us who is deciding what is good and what is not. Tell us who is going to be the point person for this endeavor. And I think that's absolutely reasonable and it's absolutely right. We need to know who we're going to be talking to. We need to know who is grading us on our capabilities. 
Um, the next suggestion was provide additional implementation guidance and support for small business. I'm a one, 110% behind this. I think it's great because small businesses are in fact going to be the ones that are left behind. And I've said this multiple times in multiple um, venues that we are going to be the ones that are left behind. So I'm all for this. Uh, any additional support that small businesses can get in the way of implementing this and making this something that we can overcome or we can effectively reduce the administrative burden for, I'm all for. Um, the other suggestion was to evaluate and clarify remaining policy and process questions around the implementation of DFAR. So here's my issue with this, right? I think the FAR is pretty clear on this. Um, I, I don't know that you need to further clarify that it's not the FAR that's, that's um, unclear or vague. It's the CMMC. So I think this is unfair. And I think this is a pot shot at, at, at uh, improving and sh streamlining the FAR. This is what I think. So I, I don't like this one. I think it's unnecessary. I think what, what would have been a better suggestion would have been to say, help us align with the FAR and the DFAR. I think that would have been a better way to go rather than saying, you know, evaluate and clarify, you know, that's just me. I mean, I think it has merit, right? Cause we do need clarity. We, we do need to make sure that you're asking us to do things that are realistic and that have a business necessity. We do need to clarify that and make sure that that's part of the process. But what we don't need, I think, is an extra nine months of evaluation for something we already know. The bottom line is we know that the systems need to be more secure. And that's the bottom line. We don't have to like it. We don't necessarily have to agree with the way that they came to that decision. But I think if you just take a look at the news in the last, I don't know, last year and see all of the cybersecurity breaches that we had, I think I don't think that it's unfair for the government to say, you guys need to be more secure. Because let's face it, I mean, we we've dropped the ball on this in the last couple of in the last couple of years. We've had some really big hiccups. So I don't think it's unfair for the government to say to us, you guys need to be a little more, a little more secure in, in, in the way that you're doing business. What I do think is unfair is to ask for another long evaluation process to tell us something that we already know, which is that we're not secure. So I think the more salient question would be to ask, how secure do you want us to be? And what do you want that to look like, right? Because right now, the CMMC tells us, yes, they want us to be more secure. But what CMMC doesn't do is it doesn't tell us what that looks like. It doesn't tell us the timeline for integration. It doesn't tell us the timeline for implementation. It doesn't tell us the timeline for for certification. And I think if 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 they were to make a reasonable request, it would be put together a timeline of a certification timeline, put together an assessment timeline, put together a cradle to grave timeline so that contractors and GovCon, you know, employees can understand what what that looks like. Like when we come to to our staff and say, okay, we have to kickstart this assessment. We need to attain level two. We can tell them what that looks like. We can tell them what it means to them and their job. And I think that's what the government isn't understanding. We're not just asking to be difficult. There are real world implications for us 
you know, kind of starting and kickstarting this assessment process. And it looks very differently, obviously, for, for different firms. But the crux of it is we need to be able to communicate that information to our staffs. And to do that, we've got to have an overall cradle-to-grave timeline. We've got to have an assessment timeline. We've got to have an implementation timeline. And we've got to have a revision timeline because we want to be able to reapply. Don't don't put us in a position where we have to spend all this money and it's a one and done. We have to have a time frame for us to be able to go back and correct deficiencies and resubmit. And we need to know what that timeline is. So there you have it. What's on the horizon, obviously, is this um, this this uh, innovation steering group. I don't have a lot of information on it. I, I will be sure as soon as I get it to put up a video that talks about it and talks about the expectations coming out of it. Um, and uh you know, what DOD is kind of hoping to accomplish from it and what we can expect to see from it. I don't want to put a whole bunch of hope into it because it's just, it's one steering group, right? And it, we were something like 30,000 contractors deep at this point. So, but I do think it's a start and, and that's all we can hope for at this point and just to get that conversation. And if you have a chance, please check out um, the uh, small, the subcommittee on small business, the hearing and, and kind of listen to what people are talking about in regards to this regulation and how it affects your business and how it affects the way your employees work with the government. Um, other than that, I appreciate you tuning in to listen to this and I'll see you next time. <laughs>